0: Hello? Hey Luke, thanks so much for taking my call. I know you've been really busy with Pitch Fest, so I'll get right to it. A script came across my desk that I think fits your needs. It's called Castle. It's super, super low budget. It's a star maker for the right young talent. And I know you have access to some B actors that you like very much. Well, this is a paycheck for them, absolutely, and it will for sure sell tickets. It's basically about this kid who's kind of a mark. This guy has his eye on him, and this kind of fake friendship is forged, and all hell breaks loose when it turns into kind of this kidnapping blackmail scenario. What happens is the thief decides to rob this kid's wealthy mom's gallery, And it's what happens in the process. And this woman has to rally because she has a very deep secret of her own. I can easily hear like a very flinty voiced actress do this role. Oh, you want to read it? Great. Good. Uh, What do you want? PDF or snail mail? PDF. I'll send it over. I'll put my credentials in the subject line for you. And we'll go from there. How's that? I know you'll enjoy reading Castle. Welcome to Bab's Buzz. I hope you had a good month. I had a really rough month. I was really, really busy. I felt like I didn't have enough hands to get things done. That was kind of hard. I'm sure you've all faced that. I'm going to talk today a little bit about um, some movies I really like. I want to start with The Dirty Dozen because it's Memorial Day weekend. I want you to study that story in terms of writing your own action script. I really need action scripts, so I'm inviting you all to pitch me great action movies. What made Dirty Dozen so good? Let's talk about it for a minute. Apart from the fact that Lee Marvin starred in it, a major hunk. I'm sorry, he just was. He isn't a hunk in this generation, but he was with mine. Seriously, seriously talented um, acting chops. The guy just had it. I mean, you look at the guy and you he could do anything. Cat Blue, Dirty Dozen, give me a break. The guy's got, he had it. Um, he also, by the way, was one of Ed's main clients, which um, I'm sorry that I didn't get to meet him when um you know it just I was just too young. Anyway, um so the Dirty Dozens on this week and they'll probably play it a lot. I want you to notice the interplay between the banter between the characters. This is what makes them human. This is what makes them identifiable. You don't have to get into a lot of exposition either. There's certain kinds of snark remarks from guys who will be snarky, like the Cassavetti's character, and kind of dopey remarks like the sort of the farm redneck, you know uh posey really, really gives you an insight into the character's way of thinking, his behavior, his motivations. If you remember these guys, the Dirty Dozen, um, they were all gonna they're all gonna be either executed or put in jail. Now, right before the invasion of D Day, this was a very secret invasion, June sixth, I believe was the date, right before the invasion of D Day, the general says, you know, you guys can, you know, let me let me put this let me assemble this team because we really need to We got off a lot of the German soldiers and uh, a a lot of the German uh, commanders who are going to be in one location, and they find out about this and say, "All right, we'll send." It's a suicide mission, so we'll send in people we don't care about. Well, who's crazy enough to do it? And Lee Marvin assembles this team. I mean, the script is so tight, the action is so well thought through. The the, the, the there is a you'll notice too with action, there's always a distinct thread of humor through it even if it's gallows humor you uh, i think the kennedy character had that that goal in a, in any event definitely study that script for action what makes an action picture action well simply put every page has action now that doesn't mean every page has a tank and every page has an explosion and every page has a helicopter but what it means is that there's movement there's look up action genre in wikipedia that, they'll do better than i do uh action has its um action hat you have to preserve the tension very quickly which means you have to write very tightly and in a very brief way i don't know if any of you have have read the um original script that was out on simply scripts thread the indiana jones version of the Raiders of the lost ark it's a very slow read it's really tedious it's just you know, I mean, you, you really had to have vision to see this happen. It takes the, the kind of director's eye that Spielberg put into that to cut away. You know, it's like going through a forest with a machete. You're just like, ah, get this out of here. I don't want this in here. This is unnecessary exposition. Let's keep this guy moving and let's keep someone, by the way, This is critical for action, biting at his heels, right? So you get the hero up a tree and you throw rocks at him. So what's nipping at his heels? Well, the main thing you want is you have to have a a ticking uh, time clock, right? That's huge. And the second thing you have to have is, you know, an antagonist or some kind of uh, enemy that's going to be after him. It can be within his own unit. It could be outside of himself. It could be psychosis, whatever it is. It has to be palpable and it has to make us feel for the pace and the tension that the characters experiencing. So 30 Dozen is my picture for you to study for the month, and um, I know you'll enjoy watching it anyway. Definitely, if you've never seen it, you don't know what you're missing. I mean, this is a fabulous, fabulous picture. It's just a, it's a couple of great I'm sorry, but it is just killer. All right, uh, the tenacity award goes to. Last uh, month, I met a guy by the internet, you know, on on the phone. His name is Lee Levinson. Really nice man. Sent me a script. It wasn't for me, but we got to talking, and he found out that I was a dog lover, and um, we we began talking about dogs back and forth. And he sent me this this little story about people staying in show business and how hard it is, and how you have to have tenacity to do it which ties to this dog story, which I'll get to in a moment. If you think that a 100 pitches should an option make and get you into development, I ask you to please turn around, do an about face, and go elsewhere. This is not the business for you. You have to have extreme tenacity in this business. You have to be able to hang in there and hang on. This is a ride for only the thickest of skins. And I, and as I'm telling you this, by the way, I'm telling it to me. It it allows me to remind myself why I do this love story, pictures I'd like to see shot. That's the main reason why I do this. But he sends me this business about this dog, Skeezer. He says to me, quote, my love of dogs is never ending. I produced a movie called Skeezer. Based on the nonfiction book, "Skeezer: A Dog with a Mission." It was a pioneer story in the field of, it, was, it was the pioneer story in the field of animal therapy. You have to excuse me, I'm reading my notes. Skeezer worked with emotionally disturbed children and achieved some remarkable breakthroughs, helping to heal them with these dogs' unconditional loves, with her unconditional love. She was a, just a great dog, evidently. Nobody wanted to do this movie, Lee tells me. They said, it's too soft. Forget about it. No one will want to watch it. After 247 rejections, I find that number to be funny, by the way, because 24-7, right? After 247 rejections over a period of seven, uh yeah, I said seven years, the movie that nobody wanted finally got made. Skeezer won the night for ratings for NBC twice. When it premiered a year later as a repeat, Skeezer was nominated for an Emmy and won a Peabody Award for NBC, signed Lee Levinson. Now, not only is that a beautiful story, and this dog was just a champion, but it lets you know that the instant gratification that we experience with 4G, internet connections, software, getting, you know, getting our burger our way, whatever that mentality is, you have to leave that at the door. You really, really do fellow writers and fellow agents and fellow managers. You have to leave it at the door. It has no place in this business. I have a friend I'm working with. His name is Arnie. I'm hoping that Simply Scripts will interview him. The guy is a wealth of information. He said to me, you know, Barbara, I've got this picture that really could compete with one of the biggest comedies that's ever been shot. And I'd like you to, to, you know, Think about reading it and I read it and I said, Barney, I will help you any way I can with this picture. It's hilarious and people do need to laugh. Now this is, this has been developing for a couple of years you know, Arnie's no dope, he knows, you know, he, this is not a business, it's add water and stir, and you have Instamom, well, Instamovie, doesn't work that way, you have to really, really flush out your Rolodex, you got to really work it, you got to keep writing, you got to stay in it, and you got to do other things to keep busy, I mean, come on, 247 rejections over a period of seven years, that's tenacity, so Lee Levinson, you get the Tenacity Award, um, someone sent me a script this week, first page was funny, really funny, loved it, rest of it sucked, now, that's, my opinion, right? Everybody's got a butt. I've got one. That was my opinion on this script. It made me sad because I really wanted to love it. You know, page one is great. You got a page two and it's a bumper. So, what happened that I didn't like the script? I'm starting to see something that I want to share with you guys. It's really important that I think if you don't get this, it's not going to help you writing at all. I simply did not care about the characters. I'm going to repeat that. I didn't care. About the characters, I didn't care about the protagonist. I didn't even care about the antagonist, and usually they're kind of interesting, you know. You know they had, you know, a lot of uh, fudge to the to the piece, right? They had a lot of, you know, sugar and light in terms of, you know, picking up, as up the pace of a story. Everybody wants to play the devil, in other words. Um, I don't say that with joy. I say that with a severe depression because i'm on the hunt all the time you guys i read scripts every day from new writers i read pitches every day from new people i read pitches every day from established writers um all the agent does really is put people together and 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 throw some you know throw a couple of matches on it and hope the thing ignites. We can't make anybody buy anything, although, boy, do I try hard to convince people that they have to do this picture, but not for the reasons that you might think. It has nothing to do with a paycheck. It has everything to do with, that's secondary. It has everything to do with bringing to the public stories that I am certain people would enjoy. That's why you hear me talk about Queen of the Mist so much. That's why you hear me talk about Full Moon so much. That's why you hear me talk about Floored by Jason Bortz so much. And, uh, you know, the other pictures I talk about, Castle, I've mentioned that before, Uh, Long Shadow Woman by Craig Clyde. I mean, I know if I put – if I – went to see the, uh, you know, went to a matinee or an evening show with my husband. It's, you know, dropped $20 on whatever it is, popcorn and, you know, the, the entry fee, whatever that is. Every, you know, every theater is freaking different now. Um, I want to be entertained. I want to come away with a story that really took me away. I am so looking forward to Super 8. There was a script on the thread called the Scorsese Club, you May have uh, read it you got you guys m- gave some great notes on it, by the way, amazing. the script didn 't fire the way I wanted it to, but there's hope for that script yet. But in many ways, the Scorsese Club, as I was reading it, what I was wishing for, unbeknownst to me, was super eight now uh, I say that for a reason it it makes me happy that my chops are in line with what 's actually selling, not just things I want to see, but I have a good commercial bone too, which is why I 'm begging you guys. Please send me action movies, free running, anything, give me action. If I don't care about what I'm reading, I mean, what a drag. I have to, I, if I'm not going to be whisked away by these characters, well, what's the freaking point? You know that you want to, you want a solid memory. Why do you go to an amusement park to go on the ride so you can just forget about it five minutes later? No, you go to an amusement park, go on the ride. You're like, Oh man, that was boss let's go or has the kids say that was the bomb let's let's do that again you really want to retain the memory of the thrill so the reason why a lot of people don't pick up the phone and they put down the script is no one cares about the characters so i get this script called dark legacy from one of my writers this is about a guy. this is kind of an indiana jones kind of character And he's had a good run of luck. He's not, he's not on a grand scale like Indiana Jones. He's not an archaeologist. What he was was he was kind of an accountant, uh, turned treasure hunter because he was just bored by what he was doing and he had a knack for finding things. He was almost like a natural born dirt detective. He could get through stuff and get his fingers all pruny with dirt and crap and he could find things. And his father was very wealthy and he funded some of his, his, his outings and with some degree of success. In fact, his father, Nick collected a lot of uh, World War II collectibles. Well, Blake gets shot on and out, and it kind of, when you get shot, (laughs) I haven't been shot, thank God, but from what we understand by interviewing people who survived, you know, the post-traumatic stress disorder that takes place after that, when you're shot and you live to tell about it, it changes a man. Well, this character immediately interested me. He's not a winner on page one. I love that about this script. As soon as I was reading it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. Now, there was some trite banter in there that the, the writer had to get rid of. But what is this guy doing instead of hunting? Well, he's gambling. He finds his yayas at the gambling table. He's playing poker a lot, and he's kind of drowning in debt. And the guy who's sitting in front of him taking his money happily because he knows he's the son of a millionaire says, you know, you're into me now for a chunk of change, and you better get your act together because this is getting – I know when a man is drowning, and I know a guy who's fighting to protect a bad hand or try to convince me he doesn't owe me any money and Dude, I don't care how you get it. you got to get it at the same time. The phone rings, and Blake's at the table, and it's his father his father's had a heart attack. Now, his father lives, but his father calls him to the mansion, and he says, "Listen, I don't know what you're doing out there." I don't know why you're so inert because he didn't tell his father he was shot. He didn't want to. His father's health is precarious. So he says to his son, whatever it is that made you do that, that made you drown like this, I'll help you, but I need you to go and get this thing for me. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because I really want to protect the, the content of the, of the script because it's my client's." And Blake says, there's no way that what you want me to chase down is a hoax. I'm not going after that. It's It's a, it's a freaking hoax. And he says, look, you got to do this for yourself. You don't want to do it, don't do it. I can't make you do it, and I don't want to do it. And, frankly, I'm a little bored with all this, but if you want to do it, you do it. He said, your team is here. They're assembled and ready to go. You got a great DNA specialist who can help you prove that this thing is real. You got a, a medium, a psychic who's got a better than 90% success rate, you know, finding crap. You got an occultist who really knows his stuff, who can really help, you know, find the, separate the rumor from the stuff that seems to have some anecdotal and statistical evidence. You got a good team. Go in and get this thing. Bring it back. Why? Nobody wants it, dad. Let me tell you why. Because we're better men than this and we can't let this particular thing fall into the wrong hands because there's rumor and spook surrounding it. So the process is this guy Nick, this guy Nick tells his son this and Blake has to decide, am I going to stay inert or am I going to go? And he decides because it's his dad and he loves him and because now he's a little curious, he wants to see what this is all about. So he goes and everything goes wrong on this particular expedition. I mean, everything, you name it, everything goes wrong. I was so hooked on these characters, I couldn't wait to see what was on the next page. Now, it did; uh, it needed a significant amount of rewriting and editing, why it ran too long, there was too much exposition, I kicked it back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to my client, and we finally got a script that's really, really market ready. What is market ready? Market ready means that the product that you present to the producer says to the producer, by the way, in case you didn't notice... Your main challenge, Mr. Producer, is to find a director with vision. Because once you do that, developing will be hard, but will be manageable by your director. Why? Because he's already seeing his vision on the page. Now, you contrast that with another script I got from one of my other writers. Great writer. I'm going to leave him out of this in terms of his name, because there's no point in mentioning him. He sends me a script he loves. He gets great coverage on it. I read it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this thing is a mess. It's really good, story's great, very compelling, overly written, not market ready. So my client gets mad at me. He goes, listen, man, I'm entitled to, you know, a second, third, fourth draft. I go, yeah, you are, but not pitching it to me. I don't have time for that. At your level, with your chops, you should be presenting me something that's market ready. Guys, gals, if you haven't heard anything up to this point, listen to this. You've got to get your script as close to market ready as possible. That means preening through it, getting rid of it. Crappy expositional passages, too much dialogue, missing out on opportunities for subtext. What made Blake so interesting to me was he wasn't Superman. He wasn't Clark Kent. He was just a guy who had a bad run of luck and how he pulled himself out of it by staying active. And the guy nipping at his heels, by the way, the antagonist, kind of a goofy guy, but it worked. It really did because the guy who was the antagonist knew about this secret, about this thing he was looking for, and he knew he wanted to get it before Blake did. And Blake's like, this guy actually believes believes in this stupid hoax, and there's no way that this is true, and I've got to get this. I can't believe I'm in this. So it's very cool. Well, how do you get things market ready? I'm going to give you a couple of easy editing tips that will really help you. One of the things I notice in scripts when I read them, and this is really, I mean, I I love this because it really does make sense ing words and ly words you guys know that already okay if you haven't heard this show before i don't like ing words and i don't like ly words i learned that from a very famous writer named larry cruz that's besides the point i don't like them it's hard on the eyes it slows down the narrative and readers read all day and they want crisp crisp stuff so passive voice irritates but i got a script this week and this was on the page a lot you ready Here we go. This is, by the way, the editing corner. We're going to be in the editing corner right now. The editing corner is also known as so what? Word redundancies. So, someone, something, somebody, well, it, very. I'll repeat that for you. So, someone, something, somebody, well, it, very. What do I mean by that? I got a script from a guy, good writer, really good writer. Every statement from every character on every other page was, so are you going to the deli? So are you going to get your girlfriend? So did you pick up your car? I actually went through and counted how many times the word so appeared in the script. And in a hundred pages, it was like 52 times. (laughs) Amazing guys. Are you marketing a script that looks like that? Ask yourself that. That's a rhetorical question. You don't know what rhetorical means? Look it up. Also, something, somebody, someone. When you're doing your draft, guys and gals, that word is fine. Absolutely. However, if you had a table read, you'd catch that. Yeah, sometimes you need the word. Sometimes, somebody, something, sometimes. I even found one just now, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you need it. Occasionally you need it. Try to find another way to say someone, something, somebody. I think if you look at it and examine it, your wordsmithing skills a la Rodale's Synonym Finder, right, will kick in. Don't lean on someone, somebody, or something. Fix it. Well, comma. Well, I really wanted to find out if she was single and I wasn't able to do so. could easily be, I couldn't find out if she was married or not, right? Give people their voice. Don't give them a lot of, just because we talk that way. I mean, if it happens and the director gets it in a take, that's a beautiful thing. It's very casual. It's very nonchalant. If the director likes it, he'll say, cut, that's a wrap, and you'll go on to have um your cafe vente, day where the heck you drink your coffee. The word well was made very popular by Ronald Reagan well i you know he was very big on that that was his sort of springboard into his sentence into his thinking it does work yes absolutely but i can tell you from reading many scripts that people rely on it way too much so get rid of that well comma etc the word it bugs me more than anything the word it really has to be something if you find you're using the word it that's okay in a draft Absolutely. You betcha. But that is why God invented the eraser. Right. So if you see the word it when you're doing your you're going you're doing your read through or you're having your table read as you're listening to the actors or your friends who are not drinking and having no potato chips and reading your script. You actually hear them go. It was a funny day or it it," and you hear it a lot. Just circle it as you're as they're talking. You're circling it on the script. Right. You're circling it. Now, when they're gone, you go back over it. Can I live with how many times I use the word it? The answer is yes. You can go on to your next edit process. What I'm teaching you how to do here is edit your script to make it market ready. Market ready. Big difference between completed script and ready to pitch. People think as soon as they're done with their script, as soon as they write fade out, they're ready to go. Oh, contrary, my loving children, no. That's not your job. Your job next is to take a break, make some spaghetti and meatballs, have some garlic bread, then go back to it, read it again, proof it for what I just said, and have a table read. Nothing should go out before a table read. And you don't have to have nine people sitting around doing every role. You could do it with three people. It's just that you have to be the one who's listening. And, you know, the two people you have in front of you should hopefully, in an ideal scenario, take on three or four characters each and whatever, and then they're reading the roles. The next word is very. Larry Cruz taught me this. He said if he used the word very, there's something wrong with the word that's following it usually. Um, and, and by the way, uh, just so you know, big-time publishers and big-time editors in New York, California, San Francisco, when they see the word very, you know what they think? They think the writer, I'm so glad you asked, they think the writer is lazy, very cold, very hot. I take you back to a scene in uh, Throw Mama from the Train, and Billy Crystal is struggling to find a word for you know hot, hot, it's very hot, it's very hot, it's very hot, and you hear Mama yell sultry. Perfect. Rodale Synonym Finder, my absolute favorite. So if you find yourself saying very cold, very hot in a draft, good for you. But if you now, I am not. By the way, let's back up the truck just a bit, kids. If you find that you're writing just to be creative and be different, don't do that. That's why the table read is important, because when you hear it, you go, oh, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like the actor. That doesn't sound like that particular character would say that. You know, you can have someone say, this is very bad, and it will work, you know, or this is very good. I mean, think about how funny it would be to have a woman and a guy on a date and the guy will look at her and smile and she'll say, you know, something like, that was very good. You know, it just depends on the delivery. I'm not telling you that it, you can't ever use the word. I'm just trying to draw your attention to the fact that as I read scripts all day, these things pop. I can, because they, and why do they pop? They shouldn't pop, but they pop because they use so much. They use so much by one person in one script. And you see this over and over and over and over again. Well, you get the idea. So, ing words, ly words, so, someone, sometimes, something, somebody, well, it vary. I have two things I want to close with as I approach my, the end of my show today. I had a really exciting thing happen here in Sacramento, California. Placer County is one of the counties right next to Sacramento. And my client, Jason Bortz, and his wife, Jennifer, are very talented folks. They really care about bringing quality to the world in terms of the arts they also understand the wonderful elevating ability that bringing quality talent to any community can have on the community and jennifer uh is in charge of something called standout talent standout talent she teaches people how to audition for shows you know she teaches kids how to dance and sing and what she does on a shoestring budget kids i tell you I went to see one of her shows. I went to see Godspell. I took my mother-in-law and went to see Godspell. I tell you, there may have been maybe 100 people in the audience. These girls entertained like it was Madison Square Garden. The show looked and sounded like she had a $50,000 budget and she maybe had 500 bucks. Jennifer Bortz did such a fantastic – this is a woman who's a doer. She's a shaker. She puts a lot of zest behind her actions. She really is very committed. She, if she, you know, has a fender bender, she fixes it, you know? She's very, very jazzed about what's going on in the arts. Okay. Jason, her husband, who's my client, screenwriter, you know him. He's um he does everything. He's actor, director. The guy's just a talent, you know. He's just whatever's gonna happen in his life, he's a cat, he'll land on all fours. The two of them were up for the Tower Theater renovation and bringing to the public the media project that was going to be known as their particular bailiwick. Well, what was theirs? So They're going to do you know, stage, theater, table reads, um, recordings, all that stuff. They were up against another couple, and my client, Jason, and his lovely wife, Jennifer, found out that by unanimous vote, they got the tower. I am so proud of these two people. They are bringing quality to the community. They are earnestly honest folks. They're completely committed and ethical. They're wonderfully, wonderfully nice. They're fun to party with. Jennifer's a hoot and a half. She's beautiful. She's not a snob. She doesn't have a snob bone in her body. She's very grounded. For someone who's that talented, she's very grounded. Her husband, same deal. For someone who's as talented as Jason, he could be a lot more of a prima donna or a devo, as we call it in the hood. He's not. So congratulations and a shout out to them. They did a fantastic thing. They're going to bring talent to the community. And my hope is that you'll actually get to see some of these things on the Internet, whether it's a, a table read or, you know, some audio recordings, any of that stuff. I'm very proud of them. So a major, major hoorah out to them. One more hoorah goes out to our men and women, our fighting men and women around the world. Um, I salute you. Thank you so much. I'm speaking English because of you, more than likely. Um, Guys, I want you to know that the ups and downs of show business are going to be many. They are challenging. They are hard. But the joys, my hope for you is that they will outweigh the bad and that the journey of your writing process will be completely and earnestly enjoyable for you so that you could look back in your life and say, I may not have had a movie made, but I contributed so much to my heart and my soul by staying in the writing game. This is Babs for Babs Buzz, reminding you to write, reminding you to rewrite, reminding you to pet an animal, cat, dog, whatever, and live your life. Peace.